Hi, everyone, and welcome to Trading for Life Redeemed. I am your host, Dan. Today, as always, I am joined by my father, Dr. David Jackson. <laughs> Today, we are looking at Matthew chapter 11, continuing our series through the book of Matthew. Dad, chapter 11 begins by kind of reminding us what we did in our last episode where Jesus had finished, he says he'd finished giving instructions and sent his disciples off on their little mission to go and you know, practice being mm. apostles. <laughs> uh, and then we transition into John being in prison and sending out um, some of his friends and me- or messengers, if you like, to go and find out from Jesus if he really is the one. You know, this is meant to be Elijah who was worshipping Jesus while he was in his mum's womb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Elijah or the John the Baptist who, you know, baptises him at the Jordan River and declares Jesus to be the Messiah and to go and follow him. And now he's in prison and he's doubting what's going on. Yep. <laughs> yep. And if you were around at the time, you would, you'd you'd understand why anybody has any doubts. There's been half a dozen fellas wandering around. I am the promised one. Come and follow me. And the Romans end up slaughtering everybody. So... If you're in prison and you're about to get your head cut off, you kind of want to be sure that you're dying for the right bloke (laughs) and you've been waiting 450 years for him to come since Malachi's done his prophecy and died. It's not clear from the text whether this is John the Baptist having doubts or John the Baptist's disciples having doubts. So is John sitting in prison going, am I dying for the right Messiah? or is are his disciples saying, you know, how can he be the right Messiah if you're here? I mean, the Messiah comes to free captives. Why aren't you being freed? Yeah. So John the Baptist says, well, go and ask him. <laughs> Off you go. Go and ask him. Um, which isn't as easy as it seems because John the Baptist, he's in a dungeon in one of Herod's fortresses, Machaerus, and Machaerus is down in what is now Jordan, on the east side of the Jordan River near where John was baptising. So this is a three-day hike to come up to Galilee to ask Jesus, are you the right bloke? You know, it's a, you know we're going to take a week or ten days to get this question answered. So. Yeah. yeah, and Jesus is going to answer the question by basically just quoting passage from Isaiah oh. and going, you know, look around you. We have lame men walking, we have blind men seeing, we have deaf men hearing. And that's it. That's how he leaves it with them. Yeah, because if he comes out and he says, oh, yeah, I'm the Christ, he'll be in prison with John the Baptist. So Jesus has got this plan that he's going to spend three years training these guys, which means he's got to spend three years not getting arrested. So if you go through Matthew's Gospel or Mark or any of them, you'll notice he never calls himself the Christ. He avoids that title. He keeps calling himself the Son of Man, and nobody's got a clue what that means. (laughs) That's not a title that's ever been used before Jesus. So, you know, if you want to find out whether I'm the one who is coming, the coming one, and if you go back through the Old Testament, the coming one is God. Hmm. It's Yahweh. So do you want to know whether I'm the coming one? Just have a look. And he, he quotes Isaiah's prophecy. When you see these things happening, Yahweh will have come to save his people. So they're going to go back and tell John the Baptist, Isaiah's prophecy is happening. We saw it happening. Therefore, you're on the right track. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And then yeah. Jesus is going to go through a series of things and talk about John the Baptist, make sure that yep. everyone knows John the Baptist was the Elijah who was meant to come beforehand, yeah. the messenger who was off in the desert preparing the way of Yahweh again. Yep. Yeah, we're preparing the way of Yahweh, not just of a Lord, but of yeah. Yahweh. There's no mention in any of this of the Messiah. Hmm. It's all about God coming to save his people. So that is the main point of this chapter that Jesus is God. I think that's the main point of the whole book of Matthew. <laughs> but, but the really exciting part, I think, is this this line that Jesus uses about John the Baptist. I'll, I'll actually see if I can read it. Um, yeah, where is it? Among those born of women, there hasn't arisen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who's least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist, which means John the Baptist isn't in the kingdom of God. Well, that's because the kingdom of God is at hand, right? It's near. It's not. Well, so what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is where God dwells with his people, where the king is actually in residence with his people. And the only place where that's happening is Jesus. Doesn't it also <clears throat> then go back to the fact that in order for there to be a kingdom, the king has to be enthroned? Yes. And Jesus at this point probably he's, isn't what I would say enthroned. He's like David. <laughs> he's wandering around the bush with his followers. He's an outcast. And the kingdom of God hasn't been put in place yet. Mm. But the exciting thing from that verse is, when does the kingdom of God get put in place? And the answer is Pentecost. So when the Son of Man has ascended and taken his throne, mm. he can't pour out the Holy Spirit till that happens. So God can't dwell with his people till that happens. And so John the Baptist is dead before that happens. And then when the Holy Spirit comes, the kingdom of God has arrived. And the king's on his throne and the king is dwelling with his people and we're empowered to advance the kingdom into the world. So John the Baptist is telling us that that's coming, yeah. but he's going to be dead before it arrives. Okay, so Jesus is Yahweh. John the Baptist has prepared the way for Yahweh. Yep. He's the Elijah. Jesus then follows this up by talking about the cities, particularly there's kind of the main cities, I guess. John's disciples have just come and witnessed and gone yep. up. He's the, he's the Yahweh. We're going back to till, till John. He then just goes, well, woe to you. Woe to you, Capernaum. You know, um, Woe to you, Corazon and Bethsaida. All these cities are just, you know, what? How, how can you not have repented and come to faith if I hadn't done any of this in a Gentiles kind of city? They'd all be worshipping God, but you guys are not. Yeah. One of, the, one of the things that really, as a Christian, you've got to keep your eye on is because if you're raised in a Christian family, if you're raised in a Christian community and you've had this stuff since birth, there's an element there where you don't appreciate the difference because you haven't, you haven't lived in the sewer in that sense and you haven't gone through that transition quite so dramatically as some other people. There's a tendency to take things for granted. And the, the religious people in Capernaum, in Bethsaida, the Jewish leaders... They've made up their mind how the kingdom's going to work and it's all about Jews ruling the world. And anything that threatens that, that says, oh, you're a sinner, you need to repent, oh, no, 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 that threatens my identity as God's chosen mm. and that hits my pride and then the next thing you know, we're killing the Messiah. So Jesus is looking at this question with us and saying, look around, guys, all through the gospel, it's the Gentiles who are demonstrating faith in Christ at an exemplary, even an excessive level, I've never found faith in Israel like I've found in a, you know, a Roman centurion. 
And you just go from Gentile to Gentile to Gentile where people are responding to the gospel and you go to Corazon and Bethsaida and God help us, we're going to go to Nazareth where he was born and grew up and they're going to want to kill him. Yeah. And you go, what judgment is going to come on you when you of all the people on the whole planet have seen, heard, touched, witnessed the Messiah in the flesh and you've said no? Hmm. How does that work? I, I mean, the kids at school used to say, well, if, you know, if God's there, why doesn't he come down and show us? And I'm standing there going, well, duh, he did, hmm. and you killed him? You know, let, let's have another look at that. We, we're setting up this model uh, where we're the centre of the universe, and if God doesn't fit it, we shoot him. Yeah. And Jesus is saying, you've, you know, you haven't looked at the scriptures, you haven't looked at you haven't listened to the prophets. You've spent all these generations killing the prophets. Now it's John the Baptist's turn. I'm next. Uh, what do you think God's going to do <laughs> in yeah. judgment after you've had that many privileges and turned your back on me? Yeah. And it's not as though God's not, like I like say, Jesus is not welcoming of people either. I mean, he goes on to talk about all the people who God has given me, you know, who have come to me, yep. uh, welcome, <clears throat> don't lose any of them. And that's how he's going to finish this chapter about, yeah, and there's a big emphasis, I think, in this chapter about Jesus being God, him being Yahweh, and then talking about it, the Father, yeah, yeah, and how the Father's going to look after it. And yeah, everything the Father has given me, I'm not losing that. Yeah, these people are mine. They're going to be in my kingdom when you know, they're getting saved. Gets, gets put in place. Yeah. And I love, I love that last line that he puts in. Um, if you look at the notes online, uh, if you sign up and subscribe and go and have a look at the notes, I've put some photographs in there because it talks about my yoke is light. And everybody, the kids at school don't know what a yoke is. They've never seen one. So I put a photograph in there of this yoke, uh, and it's an old ox yoke, and it's heavy. And he's contrasting the gospel as I'm going to lift the burden of sin and guilt and everything off your shoulders. You don't have to earn it. Hmm. While the Pharisees are piling on this wagon load, looks like a, you know, one of those old bullocky wagons with 80 bullocks yeah. and, you know, 400 tonne of wheat or wool or something on the end of it. And Jesus is saying, you know, don't try and pull that wagon. I'm here to take your sin, your guilt, everything away. It's all on me. So come to me, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Uh, I'm here to take it all away from you, and I'll do it for you. Uh, so Corrors and Bethsaida, I've preached this gospel to you, and you've said, no, 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 we, we like our big heavy load of guilt. Um, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, there, there they are killing John the Baptist, and here I am inviting you to come and be freed from your sin and guilt. Well, Dad, that brings us to the end of Chapter 11 of Matthew, which is the end of this episode. If you would like to come and grab the show notes, the study notes and stuff that go along with this episode, please head over to trainingforliferedeem.com slash 70, and you should be able to find everything you need there. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a review and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you can come back and join us next week as we continue through Matthew and we head on to Chapter 12. <laughs>